This is the Wayne Ayers Podcast. The Wayne Ayers Podcast. Woohoo! Time to wake your ass up for a blessed day. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, yo, you're killing it. I see. You. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Let me just do it. This is the Wainers Podcast, episode 39, I believe. Oh, I'm gonna get trouble if I don't know. Oh, yeah, 39. And I have a very special guest. Um, she's killing the podcast game, like one of the best in the world, like the entire world, not the United States, Europe, Asia, everywhere. One of the best in the world, Morgan Absher. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Um, like, yo, how does it feel to have like success? Like, what? It's been two years or a year? About a year. I started it in February of 2021. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Like a lot of people, that that's amazing. But um, first of all, like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, um, I want to go back to like, like where you're from. Like, I know you're from Herman Hermantown, Minnesota yeah like how does how is that like 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 how is it living like growing up there Hermantown is really small when I graduated high school the town population size was 5,800 on that sign like it was it was pretty small so I grew up actually on my family's farm grew up riding horses big horse girl energy um but moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota for college and lived there for about six years and loved it. But yeah, where I'm from is pretty small. No, that's amazing. So did you like ever like, did you come from like a small um, town too? Like, did you ever do like, um, like this horse uh, back riding competitions at all? Or was that just not? Yeah, I did. I was like, (laughs) I was a big nerd. I was in like 4-H and like would do art for 4-H and get ribbons like I was I was showing horses at the local county fair like I was I was really big into it (laughs) so like how does it feel like how does it when's the last time you've been back like home uh for the holidays in December so like how does it feel like when you go back do like people treat you like a superstar kind of like when I go back everybody's like yo Hollywood we see you (laughs) like how how does it feel like do you get the same love you get back? I really don't. I think that's kind of the perk of having a podcast. Um, the couple of times I have been recognized, people are like, your voice, your voice sounds really familiar. Like, are you on TikTok? And I'm like, yeah, hi. But it's been, it's been kind of nice where I'm, I feel like I'm flying a little under the radar, maybe not after coming on your show, but it's been, it's been really nice so far. No, that's like, that's, I just always think that's like crazy. So like, you don't ever, that's just, so like how, never mind. Like, how does it feel like, how was like growing up in high school and everything? Like just was high school, like, were you like more like the nerd or were you like the popular person or were you like, what were you like in high school? Well, I feel like for my school, if you played sports, you were part of the popular crowd. So I didn't play any sports. Um, We had just like our little friend group and we were kind of, the little rebels, we started, you know, partying in high school a little earlier than we probably should have. And so I think we were like, 
popular like people knew us but we weren't like the traditional like oh we played sports um high school was interesting though I mean I went through some pretty intense bullying and that like led me to go I started doing college classes in high school to like get away from all of it so um high school was really interesting and kind of changed my whole path where I probably would have stayed in the small town if it weren't for like that bullying I experienced um so I'm like it sucks that I had to experience that but it also led me to this and where I'm at today that's so weird that from hearing like different people's high school stories because like when I was in high school like everybody was like we're like a very small town like everybody's just nosing everybody's business but everybody knew everybody there was like there was like yeah if you did sports like you were popular but like everybody knew every like just it was really like okay like you were like the cool job person but like nobody was really like the big popular or big person on campus type thing so it's always weird to tell other people start were you like bullied because you were like smarter or something like that Oh my God. It's literally for the most ridiculous reason. I had a really close group of girlfriends and my uncle was living in Kentucky and he was like a ticket scalper for some reason. Like he was trying it for a hobby job. And so he got all of these Justin Bieber tickets and he called me and he's like, Morgan, I have front row tickets for Justin Bieber. And this was back when like he had just been found from Scooter. And so no one really knew of him yet. And I'm like, I kind of know like the song baby like yeah like I'll I'll come and so I invited all these girls and I was like you guys want to go I think it'd be really fun and they're like no we don't even believe you like it's not gonna happen blah 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 I'm like okay well I'm I'm going so like it, it is happening and so I went to this beaver concert in Kentucky and I was the one that actually got pulled on stage to be like the one less lonely girl and I came back and they all just hated my guts for it and it was a really weird reason to lose your friend group but that's high school for you what that's (laughs) I no I never heard no story like that before that's so Uh weird like honestly if you would have came back to like our school and told us that we would probably treat you like a like we'll put you on a different pedestal like yo you got to be you were on stage with Justin Bieber that is so weird it was insane so like there were just haters that's what it was yeah, I don't know if like they were just truly jealous over it or felt that I like screwed them over because they didn't get to go, but like they got the invite. They just chose no, not to come. That's uh, that's what we call haters. Um that's never that those are just jealous because you invited them, they didn't want to come, and then you got on stage, da da da. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, but I'm sorry that you got bullied for that. That's yeah, I never heard of something like like yeah, my school we definitely like, would have put you on a different pedestal. Like, yo, you took the Justin <laughs> Bieber, da 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 da. Yeah, that would have been like epic. But um, no. So like, how was college life like? You know, going like leaving college. Like, were you first like scared to leave like your town, or we were oh, just, yeah. like, were you excited just to get out of there? I was really scared. I think you know I'm the first from my family that's even moved away. Both of my brothers still live there, and you know. kind of stayed in that traditional small town, got married, bought a house with their significant other, um, things like that. So it was super scary. There were a lot of tears. I cried and I like, was like, I don't know if I want to go, but when I got there, I loved it. And I'm so thankful that like my mom kind of pushed me out of the nest because Minneapolis was a different experience. It's more of a melting pot. There's a lot more diversity, and it shaped me. I mean, Duluth, Minnesota is Hermantown, Minnesota is super small, very Scandinavian, very white, very just 
tater tot hot dish and like that's the vibe like it's just it's small town northern Minnesota so Minneapolis was an incredible place to live and I miss it every day I love Minneapolis so it really just made me me and more exposed well-rounded it's great were you part of any clubs or anything like in college I was in a sorority but I was a terrible member I did not really go to my Monday night meetings I kind of I kind of branched out and started like making my own friends. And so um, I was mostly a sorority person, but I became friends with a lot of people that played hockey. And so um, would go to like all the sporting events and things like that. No, that's, that's dope. Um, so like, what, what did you like exactly study in college? I had a really weird design your own degree. I thought I wanted to do something in healthcare, um, which I did end up doing but I went for like a pre-health science. So it's like geared towards becoming a physician's assistant, a physical therapist, or an occupational therapist. And so I did that. It was um, it was a bachelor's in health and wellness. And then I got another like major in applied business, just so I had a little bit of a fallback. So did you like, did you get into like the therapy, like the medical side because of like the bullying you faced in high school? I just or- wanted to help people. I think that was a little bit of it. Um, my great grandma was a nurse and she worked during the Great Depression. My brother's wife is a physician's assistant. And I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare and helping people. So I felt that that degree kind of teed me up to do like a lot of different things. And so I worked in an emergency room as a medical scribe in college. And so I followed a doctor around with like a little computer and got to see everything and anything, lots of traumas and um, car accidents, gunshot wounds, things like that. Um, But I quickly learned that I didn't want that level of responsibility. And so that led me to finding occupational therapy. So I actually graduated with my doctorate in occupational therapy in April of 2020. Congra- no, congratulations. That's huge. Like a doc- I don't see me ever getting a doctor ever. Like <laughs> bachelor's probably would have been like the most for me. But no, that's that's good. So like, what did you You're do? You're not like, missing out. <laughs> well, what, so from there, you like moved to LA? Yeah, so I got my bachelor's and then I moved to LA. After college, I went through a bad breakup And me and my friend were like, do you want to find a place to live together? And we were like, oh, should we go to Uptown, you know, Minneapolis? She's like, well, what about LA? (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, well, I just got dumped a week before my college graduation. So yeah, let's do it. And so we packed up my little car and just drove across the country. And so I ended up going back to Minnesota for a little bit to get some more classes I needed for my graduate program. But then I applied to school for my OT uh, courses out here in LA. And so came back in 2017 for those. So like, what made you like get into podcasting? Cause like, it sounds like what you do, like your concept, your whole concept of your podcast is like very dope. I really, I was like, yo, that's actually a really good idea. Like, but like, what, what made you get into that, like that space? Um, well, I graduated right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so everything that I had been working towards in my life was kind of put on pause. Like I didn't get to walk for my hooding ceremony, never had it actually. Um, I couldn't even apply for like my test to get certified. Like everything was shut down. 
And so I'd always been a big fan of Reddit. I loved, you know, responding to people, trying to help them solve their problems. Also, the drama is really juicy. It's entertaining. So it was kind of like my stress relief all throughout grad school. And so, you know, with COVID and not being able to take my boards or even get a job, I was in like a super dark place. I was like sitting there, like kind of twiddling my thumbs all day. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And so my boyfriend was like, well, you know, you've talked about potentially starting a podcast. You love Reddit. And it kind of just all fell into place. And I talked about it for almost an entire year before I finally did it. And he got so sick of me talking about it. He bought all the equipment for me for a Christmas present. And he was like, okay, enough talking about it. There's no more excuses. Here you go. And so uh, luckily he's in music and like entertainment. And so he kind of knew about microphones and things like that. So it was super helpful, but I finally just went for it. I was like, okay, here we go. No, yeah, I always call it like Reddit the dark Twitter or like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Twitter's dark. already dark, but like Reddit's like darker. Like what are like some of the craziest storylines that you come across like since doing your podcast? Oh my God, there's so many. There's there's so many that like, I feel like I can't even put on the podcast. They're so dark. Um, there's one subreddit called like dark confessions. And I think the most traumatizing one I saw was, a woman who had a special needs child and just like like couldn't handle them anymore and so was putting them in a group home to like never see them again and so that one was like really like oh my god what did I just read but I think like the ones I enjoy the most are like the toxic mother-in-law ones or like the mama's boy ones where like the wife is writing in and she's like my husband's mom installed video cameras in our bedroom she's been watching us and I'm like, oh my God, like send help. No, that's you no, know, yeah. Reddit, Reddit is a very special place. Like I don't I I go actually it's a good place to go on for like getting questions and stuff. Like there's like a, I feel like they're more hardcore, like they're like their whole user platform. Um, but like who's is it just you on your podcast or who's also like do you have co-hosts or how does it work? So it's mostly my show. Uh, I started with a friend of mine and she just decided, you know, kind of after the first second episode, she just felt like it was too much for her. I think putting yourself on the internet is kind of a scary thing. And so she wanted to step back. And so I was just like, well, it's my baby at this point. That's the only thing I got going for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep going and then you can come on, you know, if you're comfortable with it. And so it ended up shaping up to be me. And then I have like kind of regular co-hosts. So it's my best friends and then my boyfriend, my dad pops in here and there. And now I'm kind of opening it up to other, you know, creators or other people that, you know, have a platform or an issue they're passionate about that can kind of come on and lend their expertise and takes to the show. Do you remember like the first message you got from like somebody that's like, yo, you really like helped me out in my life during this time with like, because you know how you answer people's questions or different talk about different subjects on Reddit. Like, well, do you remember like the first time somebody messaged you like, yo, this really helped me out through my life or da 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 da. Yeah, I actually have a folder going. Um, it's called like <laughs> two hot takes kind words because you kind of need the balance. You read one negative comment and you can kind of fixate on it. So I have a positive folder going now. But the first ones that really started sticking out were coming out of Australia and the states were kind of opening up and things, you know, here were 
not normal by any means, but not as restricting. And so Australia, they were under a complete lockdown still. And I kept getting messages from listeners over there being like, I have no one. I've been in my house for the past six months straight. Your show makes me feel like I'm laughing along with friends. Your show makes me feel less anxious, less depressed. Like I feel like I'm a human again. And that really resonated with me. And that's, that's kind of been like the common theme woven in is that like, it is, you're laughing with friends. It's just a welcome, inclusive space that has just become a unique little community. Are there any, would you have like, would there be like a certain person you would never have on your podcast? I never want to say never, but probably Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, 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 you don't like Joe Rogan at all? Like, what, what's something you don't like about him? You know, he seems pretty racist. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that's fun. That's a good, that's a funny answer. Um, no, but not, I mean, never say never of the man. He could become enlightened and you never yeah. know. I feel like he's one of those people that I feel like you could try to, he could probably turn back. I feel like there's some people that they'll just, they're stuck in their ways, but I feel like he's one of those people that you could probably like get him, like if you really get to his head or not hit to his head, but like really like touch him, I feel like he'll come back the other direction. There's still a chance. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's still hope with him. <laughs> I was like, who, what are like some other podcasts? Like, do you enjoy like, like listen to or like just watching? I love NPR's life kit it's um a really really cool concept that they do where they they pick these topics that are very niche and then build a show out around it so one that really resonated with me was talking about postpartum depression and so they brought on like different experts to talk about postpartum depression how to deal with it um you know tips for moms things like that Uh, I feel like it's something that is still very not talked about a little taboo still and so they pick these different little niche topics and provide like helpful life hacks life tip advice kind of things about them do you um do you ever plan on like go you know because I see like a lot of podcasts right now go on like tours and like doing like arena shows and everything do you plan on even do you plan on doing that one day I think the like the the sky's the limit for this um I would love to do that we we had our first live virtual show back in March, March 6th. And so that was a lot of fun, but I would love to be able to do it in person and actually like do meet and greets and connect with people. Um, we performed in Austin for like a South by Southwest adjacent event. And I have really bad social anxiety and uh, <laughs> stage fright. So that was really probably the hardest thing I've done thus far. But I'm like, after that show, I'm like, okay, the rest of the shows are going to be a breeze. Like, it was really loud and crazy. So I'm like, going forward, I got this. So yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to do a tour. No, the after like doing a first live show is always like weird. I mean, like, because like, you can look at somebody and they're not feeling it. It, it just changes your entire demeanor. Like, damn, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or something like that. But no, I yeah. feel like, I, I feel like that was I the know. vibe. That was literally the vibe. Like, it was, um, it was a really, really cool event. And we're so glad we got invited to be a part of it. But we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. And um, it was like an open bar 
event. And so it was kind of like, come in, have the open bar. And also there's going to be a podcast in the same room. So people didn't care about us. They were like, open bar, let's go. So it was, it was so loud. We could barely hear each other up there, like talking on stage, but it was the perfect first show because now going forward, everything will feel easy. No, yeah, it's always, uh, yeah, it'll always be, I, I tell you, that would be like the worst feeling, like, you look out to somebody and they just do not care, or they look like they're just oh. bored, or I was like, <laughs> I just like get so frightened, I'm like, yo, what am I doing, like, why am I up here, da, 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 da. but no, that's, that's a pretty amazing, uh, what is your advice to somebody that's like, wants to start a podcast, but they just haven't yet, you know, I know you were like one of them too, so like, what is like your advice for that? Do it absolutely start tomorrow um I think like for me I got really caught up on like perfection like it needs to be I need to have like everything perfect before I can start and that's not the case like if you're passionate about it and you like love the content that you're going to be talking about like go for it because that passion and that joy and that excitement is going to come across and it doesn't have to be perfect like I've been doing this for a year and I still make mistakes. I still have a lot of technology problems. So it's not ever going to be perfect, but just start because the sooner you get it out there, the better. What are like some secret tips for somebody that's like, that's kind of like stuck in the, like they like their viewers or whatever. They feel like they're stuck right now and they're trying to grow. Like what would your advice would be for those type of people that like want to like grow, but they feel like they're stuck right now? I think creating bite-sized content is like the perfect way to get it out there and introduce it to people. Um, TikTok is obviously a beast. It's changed the music industry. It's blown up podcasts really quick. Um, And Instagram Reels is doing that too. I mean, Instagram is trying to compete. YouTube Shorts is trying to compete. So if you can take your content and find little bite-sized things that are going to get people's attention or like have them connect with it, um do that and like create that content and just push it out on every platform it can be the same piece like it doesn't have to be different for every platform make it manageable and easy for yourself and just put it on tiktok put it on reels put it on youtube shorts and just start using those as marketing tools for yourself no that's actually very true because like i know personally i used to just drop the full episode and like people go watch it then you just drop like a minute clip or like like 30 seconds to a minute clip and then people I'd be like yo why did way more people watch this than the whole podcast and then they'll go like eventually if you add a link or something to it they'll go watch your whole podcast whatever but I'd be like yo I'm about to just start doing that now That's yeah well, <laughs> and the carryover might not like it might not line up like my tiktok's at uh like 2.8 or something like that and youtube's only at 300k so not everyone is gonna like carry over but it's going to keep helping you grow. And like, if one person finds you on TikTok and then they like it and they tell two other friends, like you're going to grow. So it's just a matter of like getting yourself out there and taking the the chance, the risk. So what is like your ultimate like goal with your podcast? Do you, do you plan on like, I know people, I see people owning like podcast networks. Do you plan on owning your own podcast network? What's your like ultimate goal? It's already in the works. <laughs> yeah, so we're starting a network. We've um we've signed one show so far. Wow, groundbreaking yeah. dude. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's already in the works. Um we finally like picked our name and applied for the LLC. So if you start seeing Kodo Club out there, that's us. Um but yeah, I think 
building a network. I really want to be creator friendly. I think that was the biggest hurdle I dealt with as a new creator and someone that like content creation was not my background by any means. It was healthcare and just being a normal person. So I really would like to create something that is creator friendly and allows creators to keep their IP and monetize in the best way they can without raking them over the coals and taking everything they have. So that was a big challenge of mine when I I first got in and some of the, you know, the companies and other networks out there that reached out, I was like, I'm glad that I have the knowledge to read contracts that I do have, because if I didn't, I can't even imagine what the outcome would have been because some of them were very, very scary. No, yeah. So, no, I feel you on that. Cause like, yo, I, I sometimes I feel disrespected. Cause I'd be like, yo, why would you even like send this my way? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Are you serious? like, what? This can't be real. Like, where's that? Like, yo, why would you send me this? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I'd just be feeling away. But like, if, for somebody that like has a podcast and wants to like join your network, like, what like what would be like what like what are you searching for like how would they be able to do that uh reach out email me why are you looking for a network are you in the market no no per, no not me personally no I'm, I'm good right now solo but if i do i'm gonna need I'm, i'll hit you up for sure um reach out to me like send me a link for your show i i really love you know women created podcasts women-led podcasts obviously i think you know the more we can boost women the better um but just send me a link for your show I really I listen to all the shows that I take on I really um the one that I did take on so far I loved it and believe that it's gonna grow and be an amazing show I um I care about the message they're promoting and so for me I'd like to have a connection and like feel that it's qual like good content and not not something that it's like oh god like did you really just say that um, but reach out and send me send me your show and I'll I'll check it out. I have a question because I know this is really going on. Like, what do you think about male podcasts? Cause I, I'd be see, I'd be like, I know when at first when people were first talking about like men should have podcasts, and I was like, so why did they say that? And then I like after like the next couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I kind of get why they're saying that because like a lot of people be a lot of people, a lot of men out here are like wilding out. So what are your thoughts about that? Like this men in podcast area. I think there's some good ones. I think, I think it's really shown like, obviously, you know, Drew Afawalo has came on one of my podcasts and Drew's show with her sister is actually the one that's on our network. So um, Drew has kind of exposed a lot of those podcasts and kind of try to combat that toxic masculinity and things like that. But I think they're very telling about, you know, where we are in terms of like, obviously this is kind of a blanket statement and not, you know, maybe it's the exception and not the rule, but it's shown a lot of, you know, views that are still held about women, you know, things like body count and how it's not okay for a woman to have sex with 20 people, but it's not a big deal for a man and things like that. So, you know, ideally we wouldn't be perpetuating those types of things and getting them out there but I also think by some guys creating those platforms and spreading that kind of stuff it's opening the door to have conversations about them and how they're not correct or acceptable anymore so it's kind of 
like, do we get it out there and then correct them and, you know, broadcast that it's not true or should we just take away their mics? I kind of, I go back and forth. <laughs> uh, is there like a certain guest you really like want to have on your podcast? Like say like if you can have them on in next month, like wh- who do you want to have on your podcast? Oh, I would love to have Jenna Marbles come on. I miss Jenna. Her YouTube channel is what I grew up with. And I think like in the back of my head, I've always kind of wanted to be a creator and like, like create a platform for myself. And I think she was probably my biggest inspiration growing up and I get it. She's, you know, respect her piece. She's, she's kind of quit YouTube and things like that. But I, I really, I think she's amazing. What are some things you want to do like outside of podcasting? I know like everybody, like, are you like a certain, like, I know some people like have podcasts, but they like to do like fashion on the side or like music. Is there anything like you like to do on the side? Like, yo, I'm about to explore this more. Yeah. Well, I'd love to use my expensive OT degree in some way. Um, I'm really passionate about maternal health um, and like sexuality and stuff like that. So I'd love to kind of create more awareness around maternal health. I think one thing that like really shocked me in grad school was the fact that like women of color are over 200% more likely to die in childbirth than a white woman. And so that's something that like haunts me and I'm just like, that's so unacceptable. So I'd love- my bad. Is that during like, what is that? Like, what is, is there like a certain reason for that? Or like, uh, there's so many, I think medical bias is one. I think, I think medical bias is probably the biggest one. I mean, even Serena Williams, when she gave birth to her little one, she had a blood clot in her leg and she knew something was wrong. And the doctor did not believe her was like, no, you're fine. Like, blah, blah, like brushed her off. And she ended up, she did have a clot and the clot went from her leg up to her lungs. And she had a, a really complicated birth. And it's like, I think healthcare providers believing women in general is kind of a problem, but I think that becomes even worse when it's a woman of color and things like that. So um, I think there's a lot, it's a very complex problem that has a lot of different reasons, but yeah, medical bias is one of them. I mean, up until recently, it's said in certain um, textbooks, and I, I believe it was a nursing textbook that was one of the bigger ones, but it said that um, Black women and Black men experience pain differently, and they experience less pain, and so they therefore need less pain medication. And so that was in print until recently, and so it's it's absolutely mind-blowing, and so it's kind of a systemic issue. So what is like a way to like, you think that could like solve it? Like, is there like a union or anything for that or? Yeah, I think it needs to be kind of the education board coming together, creating a standardized curriculum and just cracking down on all these, you know, healthcare institutions that train these providers. And then, you know, there's a lot of um, boards and commissions that regulate hospitals and, you know, things across the U.S. So there's like the joint commissions. And I think it would be, again, kind of creating a standardized program that combats these, you know, wrong informations or misconceptions and kind of standardizes it across, you know, the country. 
Oh, thank you. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> I didn't have, I had no knowledge of that at all. I know I'm geeking out over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I appreciate your time. I, I thank you for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're killing it. I know you're going to keep killing it. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been no so fun. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Right, bye.